looking beard There's nothing like a man with a good looking beard Hello and welcome to another iteration of Behind the Beard WNC. My name's Patrick Pohl and I'm joined as always by Lewis and Mike Anderson. And this is a podcast where three friends get together and banter about various things in Western North Carolina and generally the topics revolve around high school sports, but they can involve anything, you know, anything that's on our minds locally or collegiately or whatever it might be. So uh, we hope you all enjoy it. The point of the podcast is for our entertainment and we hope you're entertained too. Uh, but if you're not, then obviously there's other options out there for you too. And today we're joined by another head coach of uh, a Buncombe County High School football team. Coach Gibson has joined us today. We're glad to have him. Coach Gibson from Owen High School. He's been with the program for two years now. Welcome, Coach. Glad to be here, guys. So you've, you've got uh, two years under your belt here at the program. What has been some... Um, what have been some nice uh, nice things that you've been able to see or, or change in the two years that you've been here? So I got here later than I wanted to last year. Got here in, uh, in June, finally full-time, and there was so much back and forth with uh, kids during the summer. And, you know, not sure what the staff was going to look like, all those different things. Not sure what exactly we were going to do because uh, I was the only one here for the majority of the summer. Um so we, we struggled a little bit. We, we struggled with consistency, struggled with consistency of kids showing up and those type of things. But uh, since January, nonstop, um, they've been here. They've worked. I, I've, I've said this in multiple places. They've worked harder than any group I've ever been around. Um, and excited to see what they're, what they're able to put together this year. Um, they're ready for a little internal investment, and we're sitting there 30 days away from kickoff right now. So excited about that. So, Coach, tell us a little bit about uh, about yourself, your coaching career, and how you got to Owen High School. It's uh, it, this will be my tenth year, and it's actually kind of funny how everything is kind of falling into place. So, I graduated from Inca High School, played football there, um, didn't play a whole whole lot until my senior year, and finally worked my way into starting role and started on offense, started on defense, got an opportunity to go play what was then Mars Hill College. Um, played for two years, red-shirted my first year, and then actually ended up starting at right tackle my sophomore year. Um, took a year off due to some injuries and some, some lingering things that I was ready to uh, step away from playing the game, and that was the most miserable year of my life. 2013, I didn't have football. I was working at a, uh, a uh, camping place out in Candler um, doing maintenance and stuff for them. And uh, taking community college classes and went to a couple of Inca home games. And it was like, man, I got to get back into this. So uh, Jeff Frady was the head coach at the time. And me and Jeff are really close to this day. And talked to him for a little bit and started volunteering in 2014 at Inca. Coached there for two years. Got an opportunity to go to Asheville High School. Coached with uh, David Burdett there for two years. He named me the offensive coordinator my second year. And then was, uh, was able to go to Pisgah be the offensive coordinator there for coach chapel for four years and then got an opportunity to come here it was it was funny because it was it was brett that was the one that kind of helped line everything up he got a call from the ad here at the time and uh you know he said you might want to ask this guy and we we had we were done with it like me and my wife had talked about it it was during our spring break and i'm like now nah, this ain't right so that ad calls me tuesday i'm sitting in my planning period at pisgah and he said uh we noticed you started a a uh application and you didn't finish it i'm like yeah we've kind of he said do me a favor just finish it so i called my wife i said i'm gonna go ahead and finish this application we're gonna see where this leads uh wednesday they called me to set up an interview for that friday i come in here man i'm nervous as i'll get out they still laugh about me up in the front office because i'm sitting there like sweating so much i'm about to slide out of the seat um and i go in this room there's eight nine people in there and uh I leave to go to Bethel Middle School because we're refing uh, Youth League 7-on-7 seven seven games. And I'm like, I think I did okay. My wife's like, how'd you do? I was like, well, you know, we'll hear whenever. I think I think it went all right. And uh, by the time we were starting that first game, they called me and had offered me the job. And it was like, this this place has always been special in Buncombe County. Um, it was a tough place to play against. And uh always wanted to be a head coach, but I felt like the, the timing was right, um, you know, and the first year took some lumps, but we, we learned a lot, and we're we're ready to go for year two. So that's how we got here. What about your staff? Who do you have helping you? 
So uh, you got to start with Jack Slaughter when you're talking about Owen High School. It begins and ends with him. Um, he does he does everything around here from top to bottom, and uh, he's trying to step more away from the coaching aspect of it. But then he kind of saw what we were doing on offense this year. More and more and more, he's been down there. And actually, last day in spring, he was the one out there blowing the whistle to stop the play and was jumping in there and coaching guys. And I'm like, yeah, I figured I'd get him again. Uh, Matthew Owenby is the school resource officer. He's going to be our defensive coordinator, and he has done a tremendous job in the weight room. Uh, he graduated from UNCG and was doing some strength and conditioning down there with those guys. Um, the gains we've made in the weight room, unbelievable. Um, Matt Turner's a guy that, that coaches with us who does a great job for us. Um, he's the one that I'll, I'll find in my office ready to uh, ask questions and bounce ideas off, and we, we do a lot of ball talk. Um, Jason LeMay is a former player here. All, all of our assistants are former players. Um, you know, he coaches the offensive line with Matt and does a really good job with them, and uh, they both coach the D-line together. And then John Shaw is our uh, our other assistant who – He's kind of moving around to different positions this year, trying to uh, to fill some needs that the team has. But that's these guys will do whatever. I could I could go tell the line coaches tomorrow, hey guys, you're going for coach wide receivers, and they'd be like, oh well, okay, and they would do it um, because they care about the kids and they they care about the kids getting better. It ain't about them. It ain't about me. It's it's about the group. It's in the locker room. So what's the uh, in your first year? What was the hardest thing about coaching at Ellen? Being a head coach. <laughs> so, uh, numbers were not in a good place. Um, we finished the last day of spring practice. So, I was still teaching at Pisgah and I was driving over here. We finished the last day of spring practice with nine kids. So, you know, you're barely able to make a line. You're trying to run. And, and plays were looking good because we're whooping up on the air because we ain't got anybody <laughs> to go against. Um you know, my wife was pregnant. She was a it was a high risk pregnancy, so that was piled on top of, of trying to uh, to uh, coach in the first year. And our son actually ended up coming early after the season was done. He was six weeks early. Um, but you know, trying to get kids re reinvested, excited again about football in this area, um, it's been something that's been on the decline for a little bit. Um, they've had some some success since since Coach Ford left. Um, I know Coach Padgett did a really good job there a couple years um, near the end of his tenure. Won seven games, I think, in 2019. Made it second round. Could have beat Mountain Heritage in the playoffs that year. Um, but just getting kids to buy back into the to the football program, the the, the discipline aspects. Because we're I mean, guys, we're a small school. Like it is what it is. We ain't got four A numbers. Uh, you know, if we've got less than five kids playing on both sides of the ball, we're doing something really well. Um, so, you know, it's Ironman football. Like, so if you want to play, you got to play, but you also got to be more conditioned than the guys. you got to be more disciplined than the other guys because, you know, we don't have the the big D1 potential guys walking down the hall. We're just a bunch of blue-collar guys that put the work in, work in the weight room, and, and work together. Um, it was a challenge to get that consistency. And I was the third head coach for in three years for those seniors. So they were like, man, I've heard this story before. I'm just going to do what I want to do. And we'll kind of – not all of them, but, uh, you know, we fought that battle. Um, and it took a long time to get the underclassmen to buy into what we were doing. Um, but, uh, you know, all of the challenges that last year was, I think, is a good thing. Um, how do you say that? You went – one and nine and you did all this and you feel like a, a failure in the moment, but where it's got us to now, I, I wouldn't trade it. Um, the lessons that I learned personally, lessons that the kids learn, um, you know, it was it the, so long, long answer to the biggest challenge being a first year head coach at a program that, that needs help with, with a turnaround to get, get kids back to loving football. So, so what, what do numbers look like this year? So I went down a couple of times to the middle school um, for some meetings, and I had around 50 show up to those. So I'm like, awesome. You know, you, you got some kids that are like, hey, can I get out of math class? I'm going to play football, <laughs> like that type of deal. Um, but we get half of those. And I've had roughly 26, 27 of those guys show up over the summer, hit and miss. It's hard for those because our, our JV numbers are based off of what – normally middle school numbers are because we're a seven eight nine seventh grade eighth grade ninth grade team um 
varsity, we're sitting right at 27. Um, so, I mean, we finished spring practice and we were able to have a scout team and like maybe one or two subs sitting back there. And I'm like, well, this is completely different than last year. So, you know, we would like to have a couple more, um, but who we like, we don't have many coaches. We don't have many players, but I'm going to follow every one of those guys in the battle. Cause they, they're the ones that's put the work in. Um, we ain't got 50, but we got the 27 we got. And I, I love those guys to death. So. Can you take a minute? I know you mentioned the seven, eight, nine. You're the only Buckham County school that does the seven, eight, nine. Can you kind of explain maybe what that is? So, due to a, a drop in numbers, um, our conference and another conference in Western North Carolina, Smoky Mountain Conference, the so Hayesville and Murphy and Robbinsville and all those guys, they do it. Um, you know, we don't have a middle school program. We don't have a middle school coach. So, there's positives and there's negatives to that. We get those kids for six years. You know, they come in in seventh grade, you get to have your hands on and and teach and coach the same kids all the way up through. Now, the challenge that is you have to step back as a high school football coach and say, I'm not coaching a junior in high school. I'm coaching a seventh grader um, and get back to the fundamentals of it. And that's that's a big issue, um, especially for me, because it's hard to transition from going to you know, I've got a group of juniors and seniors over here, and we're working on run game. And then I go over here, and I'm like, oh, yeah, they got to figure out that you run the ball in football. <laughs> like, you know, that type of deal. Um, so it's it's definitely got its positives and its negatives. Um, but I think the positives outweigh it. It's good to be able to have those kids bought in. You got – when you have good leadership like we do this year, you've got great role models for those kids to, to look up to. You know, uh, if I'm a JV, a seventh grade running back, and I get to see every day – on the other side of the field, I could see a kid like Will Johnson practicing. It's a big deal to him. So, uh, yeah, positives that definitely outweigh the negatives of that. So, with the seven, eight, nine, seventh, eighth, and ninth graders playing on JV, can you pull any of those guys for varsity if you need them? Just the ninth grade, and it's not like the eight quarter rule. Right. Once they, once you say, "Hey, you're going to play varsity football," you're declared and you're done. Um, and I had to do that last year when we played Rosman, one of our better players on the JV team, Hayden Burpo, um, played receiver, played DB. And I was like, you're, you're up, you're gone. Um, and he punted for us and played some, some significant roles. He actually started at safety for the Madison game. Um, but he couldn't go back down. So you've got to make sure that decision is final before you do it because there's no, there's no going back. So you've got obviously those 27 that are on varsity. Who can we, you know, expect to really, see this year who are the stars to shine and ones we should watch for on the field everything for us offensively and defensively begins with will johnson um i talked to the uh the guy from high school the other day i said will's hard to track because he was 42 as a sophomore he was number two last year and he's going to be number zero this year so he changes his number (laughs) up all the time uh will is that lead by example gonna show you not gonna tell you about it um he got rolled up really bad in the Madison game last year that came right down to the wire. We scored with 50-something seconds left to go up and, and ended up losing that thing. But, uh, you know, he wasn't able to get back on defense, but he scored that last touchdown to put us up. Um, gimping down the sideline, like barely able to walk. Uh, strong, hardworking, one of the better football IQ kids I've ever been around. Um, you know, and he's, he's the leader on both sides. Uh our starting quarterback, who originally started his high school career as a center, um, but he has sprouted up as a, as a kid named Jacob Knighton, who uh, one of the smartest quarterbacks I've been around. Um, his knowledge of the game, he uh, you know he he studies the game. He he was when I finally got the playbook finished for offense this year. Like coach, can I get it? Coach, can I get it? Coach, can I get it? And I was finally able got him uh, to get him one and. Uh, he took it out, and I looked at it one day, and he had notes drawn in it and, and study pieces. Um, Jacob's the vocal leader for our team. He's going to uh, he's going to get the guys going in the right direction. Of course, he was one of the smartest guys on the team. He was a lineman to begin with. Exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, as an old offensive lineman, absolutely. Um, you know, but he's a he's a pitcher on the baseball team, and you know, got a really good arm. I just you almost regret not finding that earlier. Um, to wait till his senior year for him because I think he's going to be really successful if we can keep him healthy. Um, you know, Ben Austin, Hudson Minks, two guys that play receiver and DB for us. They played big roles for us last year as juniors, and they're going to be seniors. Um, you know, I guess I guess I can go through 
offensively and then defensively instead of but i mean a lot of our kids play both ways so <laughs> you're, you're kind of killing two birds with one stone um up front um starting with alex green carter reeves rio obispo austin anderson and um Jaden ball we we don't win football games without those five guys and i know that's such a coaching cliche you know you got to handle adversity and you got to win up front and all that no like in our conference and in Western North Carolina, if you don't play well up front, you're not going to make it. Um, so those guys, we have to rely on them. Um, and Rylan King in, involved in that too because Rylan's our tight end and outside linebacker. So um, the thing that I'm most excited to see with what we're doing offensively is we have got a deep, deep backfield. Um, you know, we've got five or six guys right now that can tote the rock, um, which is what we're going to do. Well, my last uh, – my last two years at Pisgah, we were 92% run one year and then 83% run the next year. So, you know, it's kind of the, the mindset that we have. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what those guys do in the backfield. And then flip over defensively, um, three sophomores played on, played on JVs and are not missing a beat. Now, Bullets are going to be flying here in a couple of weeks, so we'll get to see the true test about what it's like. Um, you know, you've got uh, Hayden Burpo, Gabe Mahar, and Asante Martin, who were big players for us last year, who were going to be in that role on defense and, and making big plays for us. Um, and then, uh, you know, two kids that play up front. We're going to, we're going to be rotating a lot at the, uh, at the interior, but the two, two edge players for us of uh, Elvin Najee and Liam Franklin, um, again, we gotta play well up front. If we don't play well up front, we're, you know, seven on seven season's over. Like that, stuff, <laughs> that stuff's done. So, uh, you know, I uh, when I first got hired, a uh, a guy that I respect a whole lot that was a head coach for a long time, he said, "You better play well up front. You better stop the run on defense, and you better make sure you don't neglect special teams." Um, and if y'all saw our first game last year against Chase, you will know 100% that as a rookie head coach, I 100% neglected special teams. I'll never – so I don't know if you guys know who Charlie Metcalf is, but, you know, Charlie was coach at Asheville for forever, and he called me that day. He said, man, I want you to take a moment and enjoy it. So we get down to Chase, and the, the lightning's hitting, and I've, I've got my pretty little pregame script about how everything should go, and then I'm over wadding it up and throwing it in the trash can. But then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy this for a moment. We get out, the rain stopped, the lightning stopped. We're getting ready to kick off. And I'm like, holy cow, man, I'm getting ready to start my first game as a head coach. And uh, they ran the opening kickoff back. <laughs> and then they fire, <laughs> they fire the big cannon in the background. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not enjoying that anymore. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll wait for later to enjoy that. So, you know, that for us is, is important to, to play well up front. And, and those guys that we got, we got to do it. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that's going to be on special teams. The only thing I try to do is keep my two-way starters off a of, off a of special team. So, so you talked about with the seventh graders. You know, the fundamentals you got to teach them over. You know, and, and every head coach is going to say that. But uh, thinking about those fundamentals, you, do you have a plan for the youth league? Try to get involved with them. Try to get your system going. Uh, anything to improve that thing. So for me, in a perfect world you would want to take the script that like Joey Robinson has done at Mountain Heritage and say, here's all the youth coaches. Here's the offense. Here's how it's run. Here's how everything goes. Um, in my experience, like my last year at Pisgah, I had a, I had a 1500 yard running back who played center at Bethel, you know, midgets. So, you know, kids are going to change their bodies. I mean, Jacob's, Jacob's a proof of that. You know, started out as a center, and now he's a 6'3 quarterback. Um, and it looks like a beanpole half the time, you know. So, um, to me, and I've, I've been in contact with the leaders in the youth league, um, this summer has been absolutely crazy. Um, I'm still wanting to try to get an opportunity to sit down with those guys um, and sit down with all the coaches. If we are teaching the same fundamentals and the same terminology, Whatever they do schematically, we can we can work on that. Like sometimes, I, you know, you feel kind of selfish as a high school coach and be like, I don't really need to teach the game. I need to be able to coach the game. But you know, in the same token, it's true. You're like you know, those fundamentals of we shouldn't be having to take steps back. And I've been in places where we've had to take steps back because the the disconnect between the youth program and the the high school program was so big. Um, you know, where you have to take a step back and you're teaching stuff that they should have known six seven years ago. Um, so if we can do that and get the interest back up, um, 
and just make sure our kids are doing the right things, make sure that they, uh, you know, proper ways of tackling. Our drills are not something that uh, that is just to, to get a kid, you know, the, those old toughness drills of trying to get a, a kid tough, but you're really just rolling the dice of are you going to get a kid hurt. There's different ways to get toughness out of them. Um, you know, and, and get the same page on the terminology. Um, and if they want to run something completely different than us because it fits their personnel, it fits our personnel because we might be in something completely different next year if we had a, a different personnel. So, um, yeah, that's important. That's your future. If you if you neglect that, you neglect what you're – like, it, it's not an immediate impact, but in a few years you're going to be sitting there going, oh, man, these kids don't know what football's about and they don't know this and that. Well, look in the mirror because you didn't go down there and make sure everybody's on the same page. And we've got some good, great people in position. Um, I know they had the youth camp last week, I believe, and there were some really good numbers down there, um, enough to where it has been an issue at Owen for a couple of years now, but they could field all all the different levels of teams for the youth league. So that's that's a big step forward. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's extremely important. So I know you mentioned earlier about, you know, rekindling that love for football in this this community i know in years past owen has been a been a power when kenny ford was here owen was a power you know they competed with the reynolds and the Ashvilles, and they played close games and they beat reynolds um how do you get back there it, it it's 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 a step-by-step process um you have to have your kids believing in what you're selling um and it's, it's piece by piece. So our kids started to believe what we were selling when we maxed in January, then we matched, maxed in March, and our on average, our squat went up 65 pounds. So, oh, man. Because, you know, we I can, I'll can i never forget, we're in there having an argument with a kid because we switched from squatting to deadlift. And he's like, Coach, I want to squat. I want to get stronger with my squat. We're like, well, you need to deadlift. And we're like, here's the reasons why. And, you know, there's that question. Um now there's no question we'd be like guys we're gonna do this lift because it's gonna help yeah okay cool because then the next time we went up another 20 pounds so like it was 87 pounds on average our squat went up from january to june um you know they have to see the investment they have to know like guys i'm i'm here for y'all like i ain't going nowhere like there's there's stability to the point where like we're building for not just you guys but for the next year for the next year um and giving them things to see confidence in um you know, like last year, I uh, I took over the defense full time, and we didn't have enough stability to where we were just doing basically a defense of the week, trying to stop whatever somebody was doing. Um, well, they can't they can't buy into that. Like you're not going to be tough nosed and downhill because you're confused. Um, you know, and we were kind of on the same page on the offense. So, you know, like where it really clicked this summer. So I've seen it through weights, and then I've seen it through. The seven on sevens. We went against Hendersonville, um, and man, we, we ain't got no business going against Hendersonville in a seven on seven. Um, and if you want to keep score, quote unquote, in a seven on seven, we would have beat them. Um, I think we scored five times. They scored four times. We had four picks. They had three picks. Um, you know, and our kids left out of there with some confidence. Um, you know, and those those little things of. Hey, if we do what coach says, and I have to be on top of my game, I can't go out there and guess. I can't be like, I think we're going to do, no, no, no. Like, you know, this whole dead week, quote, unquote, dead week, I've done nothing but plan, install plans, and get the first three days of practice scripted and try to have it down to that because you want those kids to be able to play at a high level. We can't be hard-nosed if we don't know what we're doing. That showed last year half the time we didn't know what we were doing. We had some hard-nosed kids, but then they're – they're missing tackles that they should be making because we've got them confused. Um, we've simplified that. We ran two plays offensively, run plays in the spring. And in the past, man, I'd be sweating. I'm like, did, did we do enough? Like, should I put this in? And I'm sitting here like asking the coaches, I'm like, guys, did we do too much? Like, is that two, two run plays? Is that too much? Because um, we're going to be really good at them. Um, so, you know, that's switching that mindset of not overcomplicating it giving them little milestones to say, hey, coach is right. If we buy in the weight room, look how much stronger we're getting. Hey, coach is right. If we do this, this, and this, and we run this route this way, and we play coverage this way, we can go compete in a 7-on-7 with Hendersonville. Um, and that should all culminate on August 18th when we play at Inca. So. Inca and North Buncombe, the first two games here, you're only Buncombe County teams. 
what do you what do you think about those two guys? You, so, you going to go ahead and put it on them early? You, <laughs> so we're if it's three to two, we scored a field goal and they scored safety. I'm fine with it. Or if it's fifty to forty nine, I don't care. Um, you know, Coach Sexton, uh, Mike, and I go to church together. Um, you know, he uh, I, I I played against him when he was coaching, and then we've coached against each other with my time at Pisgah. He has done such a good job over there. We keep hearing how much better Inca's going to be this year. Yeah, yeah. And, they, you know, they've got some really good players. A couple of those players go to our church as well. Um, you know, they've got Have some, you tried to get them to transfer? I have not. I have not. I've just told them, hey, take advantage of your dead weeks. Don't do nothing. Y'all need to lay on the couch and just relax. Did you hand them a DAR and be like, if you fill this out? No, I'm only kidding, of course. So, um, you know, they're, they're going to be much improved. But that's that's a game where we can we can be right there with them. And, and you know, it – I feel like that one's going to be in either way. Um, and then Coach Hines at North Buncombe, man, he's dealt a hard hand. Um, you know, that's that's a couple of rough years. I know the year before that when they had the interim coach, who's actually the defensive coordinator at Inca, um, it was the day before official practice. And that was tough. Yeah, I mean, what do you do? I mean, that's that's a there's no playbook for that. There's no hey, go to chapter seven and you'll be able to figure out how to <laughs> how to hire a coach in twelve hours before practice. Um, but you know, those are two games that that I'm glad we have on the schedule early. Um, our kids are going to be confident going into those games, especially because, uh, you know, the athleticism is pretty much on a level playing field. Inca's going to have more kids than we do. They're 3A school. I mean, I, I played there. I coached there. I know I know what kind of – I still live in that community. Um, you know, I know what kind of numbers is going on. But uh, I think schematically we match up well. Player for player we match up well with the things we're doing. That's the thing for us is we're – you know, we're putting our kids in the best situation possible. I'm not saying other people don't do that, but, you know, we have spent months and months of looking into this thing about what we need to do offensively and defensively to, to have our kids, re- like you said, get back to that tough nose. Like, those horseshoes on the high side of the helmet mean something. Right. Um, so, excited about those first two games. Um, I've not been able to get that ink one off my mind. <laughs> going to be a fun night for sure. What? I know. Um, I know. Talking to Lewis, the big game I guess on your schedule is that last one, beating Madison. If I'm correct, that's the only you have to win that game to get in the playoffs. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So last year, you know, it came right down to the wire, and loser had to go home. Winner had to go to Reedsville. So I mean, <laughs> call it the winner, I guess. Like they were, you know, I was destroyed because I'm like, we had a chance to win that game, and they were all over celebrating. They were like, we're going to the playoffs, and I'm like. Yeah, yeah, you are for a minute. Yeah, so I mean, it could be, it could be worse, but uh, yeah, that that's the that's the two two A teams in the conference. That's what it comes down to, you know. Uh, that has become our rivalry game, um, and uh, I, to be honest with you, I hadn't even looked that far ahead yet to even think about that. Like those first four of Inca, North Buncombe, North Henderson, and East Henderson are big in that non conference schedule. Um, but you know that 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 middle stretch of our conference with Drone and Mitchell and Mount Heritage—that's a tough stretch. Um, Absolutely. Tough, I mean, and they're all one A schools, but you wouldn't know it playing them. Um, and then we have those last three with Roslyn, and Avery, and Madison, where we can, you know, we we feel confident going into those games. You got to compete in those other three. So, um, yeah, that, that game should be good. We get them at home this year. Um, it was a cool experience for me being able to play at Morris Hill last year. Um, you know, I saw Coach Clifton and Coach Pfeiffer before the game, and those are two guys that coached me because they've been there for. 35 years or <laughs> however long, um, you know, and it was a back and forth game. And, you know, by the time we get to the, we get to that point in the season, if we're still healthy and we've done the things we need to do, I think we'll be in a good, good position for it. So, so you, you mentioned this earlier, you know, one in nine season last year, schedule looks drastically different this year. What, what's a predictor for your record this year? Uh, Are you going to go ahead and say undefeated? So I want to be one and zero oh at about nine forty-five, ten o'clock on August eighteenth. <laughs> um, all the all the other chips will fall where they may. I mean, you know, you you look at the schedule and you say, yeah, you don't have a ten and zero conference champion West Henderson. You don't have a ten and zero conference champion Chase, um, but you still got those meaty three in the middle. Um, you know, I think we compete a whole lot better with those first four. And then, you know, of course, we beat Rosman last year. We lost a 10-point game to Avery where we gave up so many big plays. I, I told Charlie Metcalf on the Wise Guys the next morning, 
how do you give up 45 points and feel like you play good defense? <laughs> and it was because of like eight big plays. The rest of the time we held them like four yards or less. And I'm sitting there going, I just don't understand it. And then, of course, the Madison game was just – was a wild game to start with. So, um, yeah, I mean, we have a chance to be to be more successful than we have been. Um, as long as we keep everybody healthy and we continue to, to build on what we're doing, um, that Inca game will be a big tell for us. I know you talked about staying healthy, and injuries are obviously going to happen in football. What are you guys doing to keep your kids uh, safer? I know concussions are a big thing. What are you guys doing over here? So, uh, you know, in the in the concussion realm, um, I mean, it's not guaranteed to help with it, but we wear the guardian caps at practice. Um, we don't go live a whole lot. Um, I've been in situations where you're sitting there on Wednesday of a big game and you're doing a live team period, and all of a sudden your starting left guard gets rolled up. Um, I kid you not, we were, when I was at Pisgah my last year, we had so many injuries. I think we had 15, 16 season-ending injuries. And in one week, um, our JVs, like this is this is just how crazy stuff happens, uh, we had a kid get his finger caught in a wood splitter. So he almost lost his thumb, so he couldn't be at practice. So then we have a, a – uh, a sub come in on offense, and then so that bumped like the third string guy up to play defensive scout team. And he's, I mean, a big old joker. He's like 310 pounds. And he fell over and rolled up our starting center. So, like, you lost two for one with just, you can't do nothing to prepare for that, you know. So, it's, uh, you know, we, we're, we're taking the head out of the game. You know, I, I, I saw something today. There's this page I follow on Twitter. He said, you don't have to be soft to be safe a lot of people think well if you change the way you tackle and you're not running downfield on kickoff and being a wedge buster you're not you're not a hard-nosed football player anymore no that's not true like you can still make good contact so you know teach them that way and then what coach Ombi's done in the weight room um before he had explained it to me i would have been like the kids i'm like dude why are they jumping down off of boxes and landing this way and like he's like here's how it helps and it does with the knee and it does this and i'm like cool i get it i'm like do you have anything for me because my knees <laughs> my knees don't feel the best in the world so uh you know from the weight the weight room you know kids think i got to get bigger and i gotta get stronger and that type of stuff but that's all injury prevention too um and what we've been able to do in there gives you gives you a little bit of security um you also just got to be prepared man like have a have a system where you can have the next guy up like we always say that's another one of those coaching cliches but next guy up because hey guys you know, we're going to take it easy in practice or we're not, you know, we're not going to tackle. And then I want y'all to be extremely careful and do all this. And then the kid gets out of his truck because he's got a lift kit on it and he rolls his ankle. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things you can't control everything. If you you can't keep them at the school and wrap them in bubble wrap. So we got to do as much as we can to keep them, keep them healthy and keep them safe. And, you know, a lot of that comes from practice um, and, and not going so far in the opposite direction to where you're not used to that contact when it comes time to the game. That's got to be a tough line. It is. It is because you don't want to. You don't want to coach so much that that when we get to the game, oh, all I got to do is go up, and tag his hip, and he should be down. <laughs> um, you know that type of deal. So, you know, there's times, and I uh, there's a coach I follow really close. His name's Kenny Simpson out of out of Arkansas, and uh, he was talking about. Um, you know, we always tell kids, "I need you to give everything you got." I need you to give everything you got, like in certain moments. So us as coaches have got to do a good job of, of planning our practice to where, hey, this segment right here is going to be full speed. Um, and then this segment right here, we need to go about, you know, 50, 75. Because what kids will do is they will know your practice schedule and they'll say, all right, we've got team coming up in 45 minutes, so I'm going to coast through this period and I'm going to jog through these routes. And then you're, you're not getting better. Like there's no reason for a kid on the backside of a – of a skelly play to run a post as hard as he can when we're never going to throw him that ball. Like, I've got it starred for the quarterback to throw on this side of the field, and he's he's running full speed. Coach, I was open. I know. We're not throwing to you. So, you know, uh, finding times to make sure we're doing the best, like, you know, transforming practice to, to make sure our kids are, are staying in shape. And, and when we need them to go live type atmosphere to where we're hitting on those collarbones and getting those shoulders built up, uh, they know when to turn it on. Is there more pressure with a smaller team? Not a lot. Not as much depth with practice and injuries. Um, with this, with the way we're built, it's only at certain positions. Gotcha. Um, 
and then you're getting into a situation where you're going to have to to rob a position of a player to put into this role. Um, you know, we're a good plug offense. Um, if something happens to a kid, I feel like it, it is that next guy up mentality. We're we're thin in some places, then we're really heavy in other places. Like I said, you know, we got a deep backfield, um, but then I've got four receivers standing out there. So um, you know, it just it just depends, and and having the flexibility of being able to again, I don't I don't want the kids to feel that burden. You know, oh man, he went down, and now I got I got to take it on like. No, we will find. A, I will find a way. These coaches will find a way to to rotate somebody in to relieve that stress that was left from that person leaving. Um, you know, to where we can continue to play. Because I've been in situations where somebody goes down, and you're like, oh, "That's it, we're done." You know, um, and as much as you love those kids and you don't want to see that happen, there's still 26 other ones sitting in there expecting you to have an answer and expecting you to move forward and play the game. So, you know, that that falls on us having them ready to go. So, you know, you're you're the third head coach or maybe fourth head coach since Kenny. Have you felt the community like like get you involved? Like you're you're talking about, you know, getting these kids bought into football again and everything. Well, I think the other side of that is you have to get the community bought back in. We went through tremendous years of loss since Kenny left. Uh, what are you doing on that aspect to try to get some excitement back in, in the fans here? So, um there's a couple of things we're doing. Um, this past spring, I took, I've got probably 30 decommissioned helmets. There's a couple of them in here. And uh, we found out how many years of service that certain community members had, whether they were, uh, you know, whether they're homebound now or they don't make it as many games or whatever the situation may be. And we put the horseshoe stickers on there for every year of service and we went and presented those helmets to them. Um, you know, people that, that mean a lot to the program. Uh, Took a couple to the boosters, and I took some. To, I took one to, you know, Mr. Bagley over at, at, at the bank, and then took one to Roger Brown at the pawn shop. Um, you know, for what they do to the program. Um, we're going to have camp in two weeks, and our kids are going to go do some com- community service projects. So back, backing up a little bit, we had four primary pillars of our program, like our core values, and one of them was fellowship. So I'm like, guys, we got to come up with a goal for each one of these pillars. So the fellowship goal was they were like, we want to have a positive impact on our community. Um, but I want our kids to also say, I'm like, that's great. What does that mean? What does that look like in practice? What are we going to do? Um, so, you know, we've been in contact with a couple of different places, and we're going to go out and, um, you know, serve, whether it's spreading mulch, whether it's doing whatever, um, and give back. Uh, the golf tournament's a great opportunity, as it was last year, to meet a lot of people. Um, I've felt nothing but support since I've been here. Um but, you know, it, it, it ain't just about me. These kids need to be out. We need to be at the youth games. They need to be in their jerseys doing it. We need to be at this, supporting this event, whatever, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, and then a tradition I started last year that we're going to continue, when we get done with warm-ups, um, we load the bus. And the configuration of the school, it's funny enough, the way that you come out and come back up to the top of the field, it's like a horseshoe. So we're just doing a bit, <laughs> you know, we're doing a horseshoe. And we walked down the hill to go into the locker room. And last year when we did that, you know, we had like 40, 50 fans lining that hill. We want to continue to grow that. Um, and each one of these people that we go and serve, you know, in businesses and supporters, we're going to give them a horseshoe. And we want to see when we walk down that hill, like all those horseshoes held up, like bring it to the game, show these kids your support. And these kids need to show you their support um, for what you've done. So, Anywhere, it doesn't matter if you're T.C. Robertson, if you're Dublin, Georgia, if you're in Swannanoa, like, you have to show the community that you're invested. Um, tradition matters a whole lot. Um, and then, uh, you know, people still, it, it never goes away, the love of the game of football. Trust me, coming from Pisgah, um, I wish it had gone away sometimes because <laughs> it, was, it was rather heavy at times. So, um, letting them know they're going to come support you. We need to support them too. So just a quick Pisgah question. I know you're at Pisgah for four years. Yeah. What's that Pisgah Tuscola game like? Misery. <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> um, so when I got there, Pisgah was on a five game win streak. Um, so my first one was at home and I'll never forget. We walked down. So, you know, the high school's up on the hill. Then you walk across the bridge and into the stadium and it's five thirty and it's packed. And I'm not a coordinator at that point. I'm just a position coach. I'm like, this is the craziest thing I've ever been involved in. Yeah, because there's, there's 
a ton of people there. Oh, well, so... That, I've never been to one. That game, there's twelve, thirteen thousand 13,000 at that one, at home in 18. Um, so, you know, my, my next year, I was the coordinator. Um, and, man, I couldn't keep food down. Like, I was miserable. <laughs> it was awful. Because um, then you won, and you won again, and you won again. Then the expectation is you win. Exactly. So, like, you know, you think once you get done with that game, so... Uh, that you're going to be all relieved. So my last year in 21, we're down 17 to seven. Then we go down 20 to seven, and I'm like, boys, this is getting bad. It's right before half. This is not good. Um, you know, it just you felt the momentum shift. We come out, we score, take a take a long drive, get down the field, and then uh, quarterback fumbles the ball on a run going into the uh, into the red zone, and like I'm squat down. I'm like, that's it. We just lost the game. Like this is awful. Um, then we we run a we run a trick play. We had a jet sweep pass, and we it was a JV quarterback from the year before, and he threw it, and we got it. Um, we won twenty one twenty, and you would think that it's like yeah, we won, and like you're running, man. I, I like I fell down, and I'm like, <sighs> and I'm like, thank God it's over. Like that week is just miserable, man. Like homecoming week is always all the pageantry, and the kids are all crazy. Um, it's a special game to be a part of, but. Uh, it's relief when it's over because there's just so much that goes into it. And you, you, you feel the weight of a community on your shoulder. Um, and, you know, I, I can't imagine what that game's going to be like this year with, with the mill closing down and, and, you know, Tuscola on a, on the, on the wind streak now side of having that one. And a new head coach. And a new head coach who everybody in that area and knows loves, really, yeah. and yeah. loves and knows really well. So, uh, you know, glad I'm not there for this year. <laughs> Well, there's, uh, you know, the change in classification that's going to be coming up here in a couple of years, and you were already talking earlier when Mike was asking you about the competition in the conference. How does that uh, shape up in your eyes? Is that a benefit to you guys when this shakes out, or is it status quo? What, what's that look like? So for us, we won't move at all. Um, you know, with the, with the parameters that they have, um, we'll still be considered a 2A school. What's going to change is what's the shakeup of everything else. Um, do some of those lower schools that were 1A that were decent move up into that that grouping? Are you still going to look at the top and there's Reedsville and there's Shelby and there's all those guys? Um, I will be interested to see what the conference alignment is for this area. Um, That's interesting for all these all these conferences when oh, you yeah. go to seven. Are you going to have triple conference, like three different divisions? Are you going to have two? Yeah, and I'm glad somebody else is getting paid to make those decisions. Um, You know, schools that you feel bad for is a school like McDowell Mm. um, because they're going to be at the 7A, and they got 1,800 kids, and – They're terrible at football. Well, you know, like we (laughs) – I know you won't say that. You won't say it, no. We had a 7-on-7 with them uh, down here a couple weeks ago, and we had more kids than they did. And I'm like, you know, that's that's just mind-boggling me with, with them being a 4A school. So, you know, moving up to 7A and then hey, you're stuck with the 3,300 Mallard Creeks and those guys. Yeah, and with, you know, Mecklenburg County where you go wherever you want to go. And there's, yeah. I mean, it, exactly. And, and they just lost their star running back. Yeah, to Asheville. To Asheville High. Tough, yeah. tough. So, you know, it's it's going to be interesting um, to see how the conferences shake up. Um, you're going to, I think you're going to see kind of like how this last realignment took place with the Western Highlands. You know, Rosman was in the Smoky Mountain Conference for forever. And then, you know, you lost Polk and Hendersonville up here. But for Rosman to be taken out of that conference, it's like, oh, that's not imaginable. You know, what what's going to happen when you have, you know, Pisgah and Franklin sitting there and then you've got Inca and North Buncombe and all these schools that are, that are kind of similar. But then you've got schools like us that, you know, if you look at our ADMs versus Mitchells, should we be in the same – how are they going to align all those things? I don't – I don't know. It'll be interesting. It will be. So the the latest thing coming from Raleigh, open enrollment. I don't, I don't know if you've heard this yet or not. Basically, going into your ninth grade year, you can decide what school you go to. You have to provide transportation. You do all that. There's no more DAR program or DAR. How do you feel? How do you feel about that? I mean, depends on where you're at. You'd feel really good or really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I don't know. It just it feels like within the last five to ten years. Everything has changed so much that, you know, high school football doesn't feel like high school football anymore in certain places. Um, 
if you're going to compete at the highest level, which, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad people can do this. You're basically a small college. Um, it's true. Yeah. But I mean, it's that, that gritty feeling of a Friday night game. You know, I feel like it kind of loses its muster once you start doing that, when you're going to have open enrollment, you're going to have NIL deals for high school kids. Um, you know, it's the enjoyment of the game. I feel like starts to dwindle when you start doing that much stuff on that, on those lines. Like that's what the college athletes do. That's what the pro athletes do. Um, I don't know. I mean, it can be really good. It can be really bad. It's, it's scary because something that has been such a tradition is now such an unknown with, with all the things coming out of Raleigh. So I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. So I know Pat's a Reynolds guy. Lewis and I used to be Reynolds guys. Owen Reynolds used to be a huge rivalry. Do you ever see putting them back on the schedule? I mean, it can happen. Um, but we're, I mean, right now, there, there wouldn't be any any gain for us out of that game, um, especially now with with Shane getting to go down to three A. Um, <laughs> you know, last year four A and beating Chambers at right. home and all these different things. Um, you know, they just they they are loaded right now, and it is it is what it is. Um, we all, even when I was at Inca, when I was at Pisgah, when I was at Asheville. We all keep waiting for them to take that dive, and they just won't do it. So, you know, it just it keeps going. Um, but that's a testament to them, and, and they, they coach their kids up great. Um, you know, that's the, what, what Brian does on defense and has them in the right places. And then, you know, Shane hiring Andy was a great move, um, getting him in there with, with his background. Um, you know, they, uh, they're just a different level in Western North Carolina right now. I would agree with that. I would, too. I bet you would. <laughs> Pat agrees with everything Coach Law says. <laughs> Agony. Uh, so we did forget to ask you the very first question of the oh, day. No, no, i, I got to do that. Okay. That's my job. I know. I'm just leading, it, I'm leading you into it. Well, Go ahead and ask him the big question. So the important question that everybody has to answer, Coach, if you think back to your high school career. Which wasn't tenure, that long ago. It was not long ago. What was the defining music album? Of your high school tenure. Oh, album. It would have probably not been an album, probably a CD for him. No, it was it was more of a MP3. There <laughs> you go. See? He was, he was robbing music. So, like, me, personally, like, I'm I'm a 70-year-old man born into, like, 1992. Pat's like. also a 70-year-old man. <laughs> Indeed. So, like, that's something that me and my father-in-law bond a lot about, you know, his music, because, uh, the last four concerts I've been to, I went to see 38 Special, REO Speedwagon, <laughs> yes. Eagles, Bob Seger. That's like, my generation. So, oh, yeah. like, you know, that's the music I listen to. So, uh, my generation messed it up with, with albums not being a big deal. It's been, it was more singles that had dropped and what was the most downloaded and that type of deal. But I don't, I don't, I don't go along with all that. Like, I would give me, give me the Allman Brothers any day and we'll move on. So. Nice. Fair enough. Fair enough. At, at least, at least Pat's heard of the Allman Brothers. I have. I have heard of that. I hadn't heard of the one that uh, the Christ School coach shared. It. That was a that was you, a mystery to me. You would have heard, and you you hadn't heard of Coach Radford's either. It was no, a rap out. Oh, was it Coach Rad? Oh yeah, I didn't hear of Coach Radford's either. Yeah. That's yeah. how old I am. You are old. It's true. Now we have to get into some fun questions too. I have one. Do you, Do you know what today is? Yes, it's July 19th. Yeah, but do you know what, what the significance of July 19th? Wait, wait. I know what it is, Lewis. It's the day Pat met Mary next door here at the <laughs> Women's Correctional Center, right? Isn't this where you met your wife? She's going to kill you. <laughs> she is going to kill you. <laughs> That's okay. No, that is not where I met my wife. You didn't meet her at the Correctional Center? No, I did okay. not. All I right. have seen a choral performance at the Women's Correctional Center. <laughs> that was fun. Did you feel like a piece of meat, like? They were interested? No, they were not interested in me. Okay. Mike, as, as you well know, I'm a rule follower, so that's, uh, <laughs> that was not their cup of tea. All right. All right, so what's your fun question for today? Today is the National Hot Dog Day. Did you all know that? I not, a, not a clue. So, Coach, when you eat a hot dog, what are the toppings that you put on your hot dog? Chili, slaw, onions, and mustard. Wow. That's it. There shouldn't be anything else on there. That is a GI bombshell right there. <laughs> wow. Pat, Pat just pulled out the roll aids just thinking about it. Golly. 
Michael. So I'm the same. Chili, slaw, mustard, and onions. I'm the exact same way. But maybe because we're all from the South. I don't know. Yeah, Pat's a Yankee, so you would probably just put like mustard or something. Mustard, ketchup, and relish for mine. Yeah. Yeah, that's not terrible, but still. No slaw or chili? I'll do chili every now and then. I'll do a good chili dog. Coleslaw is the way to go. Not done the coleslaw. I haven't tried that. Oh, that's where it's it has at. to be. Oh, Pat. Wow. Well, gentlemen, do you all have any other questions? I do not. All right. Coach, Coach, did you want to say anything that we didn't ask you? Anything you want to bring up? Anything you want to go over? Uh, man, I uh, just, uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys. Um, any any exposure right now for Western North Carolina sports, regardless of the school, regardless of the sport, classification, whatever, um, these kids deserve that. We kind of, once you get past Hickory, it kind of gets forgotten about. So um, thank you guys for doing this and, and, uh, and supporting that, and uh, I've enjoyed it. Awesome. We have, too. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks a lot. we got to thank the Bandettes, too, right? Oh, yeah. So the Bandettes, man, we love the song. We appreciate them letting us use the uh, Beard song to start the podcast off. Um, Our next podcast will be our football preview. Oh, yes. So the Pick'em, right? We're going to set up our Pick'em, so be ready to outpick the Beard. Most Indeed. of you will be able to outpick Pat. It's I, true. I don't. I'm, I'm a joggernaut at this. i, I got to tell you something, Coach. We interviewed Coach Laws. Pat didn't even know who Coach Sexton was. I'd never been so embarrassed. Oh, man. I'm, I'm a newbie to the area. I've only lived here a few years. <laughs> He's yeah. only lived here for, what, a decade? Coach Frady was the head coach over at Anka the entire time that I can think of being over there. I don't remember who preceded him, and I'd, I'd never. Oh, I, yeah, I do. Because <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was my time. But So, so Pat yeah. Pat's an Inca guy, lives in the Inca district, but he sends his kids to Reynolds, just saying. Indeed. So you mentioned you live in the Inca district. Yeah. I mean, do you live in the gated Inca Lake community With like Pat? Pat? I mean, Pat, absolutely not. Um, he, I, I'm on top of a mountain. Actually, our, our cameras went off on the outside last night. There was a bear trying to get in the back of my truck. So I'm, I'm tucked up on top of a ridge somewhere. You have to have a retinal scan to get in the Pat's neighborhood. This is not <laughs> true. That is true. Not true at all. It, it's crazy. But you got to drive a truck to get in my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot drive a truck in the past neighborhood. No. I have a Subaru. I'm not sure what that is. Is that supposed to be a truck? It's all-wheel drive. Every time we visit Pat, <laughs> both both Mike and I drive an F-150. Every time we visit Pat, the neighbor said, oh, the trash is here. That is not true. <laughs> so one more question for Coach. Do you drive a pickup truck? I do. So every coach we've interviewed has dri- drove a pickup truck. That's correct. So what are you saying, Mike? Is it is it a F one fifty? Because I think the other three had F one fifties. No, it's it's a it's a Chevy. Okay, it's, it's a, right. the better brand. The so. better. All right. <laughs> nice. Oh. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Coach, thanks again. Yeah. We really appreciate you thanks coming. Thanks for your on. time. Thank you guys. Thanks. So for Coach Mike Lewis, my name's Pat. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.